I want to begin by reminding you of a couple of things. One is, of course, that Tuesday is Election Day, and if you haven't already taken advantage of early voting, then you need to be sure to exercise this privilege that we have, this responsibility that we have to vote. Polls are open plenty long enough. They open at 6.30, they close at 7.30. That's a.m. and p.m. Uh, if you would like a voter guide, they are available in the back as you leave today. The other thing is a bit of bad news. Boy, that got your attention, didn't it? <laughs> and that is that next Saturday night, you need to set your clock up an hour. So we're back to daylight savings time. And uh, you don't want to be late for church. You want to be in time, as the, as the hymn says. We're turning in your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49, and we want to read it, verse 28. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And this is it, that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. Let's stop reading there and look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful book that you've given to us. We never cease to marvel at its depth. We never cease to marvel how over and over on every page, you give the message of salvation. You give the message of your love for sinners. Sinners who deserve nothing but death and hell. And yet you love us. And you love us so much that you commended your love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to be the propitiation for our sins. To die on the cross of Calvary. We pray that you would help us to see that message today. And if there are those here who have never believed it, we pray that this would be the day when they would be born again. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we want to try, and I, I say try, um, to bring our study of the life of Jacob and his sons to a close. This morning's message, I guess, will be a kind of overview of the things that we have talked about from Jacob's life over the last several months. And I think it's important for us to end our study this way because there's so much for us to learn from this man's life. And the first thing is that Jacob's life ends the same way in which our lives will end. 
That's death. I'd like for you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 9, if you will. Hebrews chapter 9. Thinking about how our life is going to end. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die. The amazing thing about this book, the Word of God, is the importance of every word. Every word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And there is a word here that illustrates that for us again. And the word that stands out here is the word once. Once. God has appointed men once to die. And the next verse, verse 28, underscores this point by, again, using this word once. And as it is appointed unto men once to die... But after this, the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. There's a correlation between these two verses. The Lord Jesus was once offered, once offered to make it possible for us to die only once. Those words in Hebrews chapter 9 is appointed unto men once to die. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many are the message of the gospel. They're the message of 2 Peter 3, 9 that the Lord is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And one of the proofs of that statement is this word, once God in his love and mercy and grace has only appointed unto men once to die he wants no man to die twice that's why the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men that's why we read that God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. But if we neglect that message, if we refuse to humble our hearts and believe it, then we will die twice. Look over, I think it's important to see this verse in this context. Look over at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. And verse 14. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Now notice these next words. 
This is the second death. And the wonder and the miracle of all the ages is that on the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus endured the second death for you and me. He endured death and hell and the lake of fire and those three hours of darkness on the cross as God's eternal judgment against our sin and our wickedness and our rebellion was poured out on him. It was poured out on him. Why? Because he was bearing our sins in his own body on the tree. He was made sin for us. Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, that we might die only once. And in the light of this, Paul asks a question in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And the answer is, we won't escape. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 26, says, If we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, and I would just say, you have just received the knowledge of the truth in the last two or three minutes. You've heard the message of the gospel. And if you reject that message, then this verse says, There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Deity has done all that deity can do to save your soul. There remaineth nothing else except this a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to be an adversary of God. What Paul is describing there in these words, fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries is the second death. The second death that those who neglect so great salvation will experience. Look at Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And what did we just read about this? This is the second death. But the glorious message of the gospel is that Christ was once offered. Christ hath once suffered for sins. And in that one suffering, in that one offering, Christ died twice. So that we only have to die once. Hallelujah, what a Savior. And the way that we die once... The Bible tells us. We don't have to wonder about it. The way that we die once is by being born again. By, well, I should say that a little differently. 
the way that we die only once is by being born twice. By being born again. That was the Lord's message, you remember, to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Ye must be born again. We have a natural birth. A natural birth by which we come into this world. A birth of flesh. And the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And flesh and blood, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God because they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Because in us, in me, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And so we have to have a new birth, a second birth. In John 3 and verse 3, the Lord Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In verse 5, the Lord Jesus said, Except a man be born of water. He's not talking about the water of baptism. He's talking about the water of the word of God. John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus said in John 7 and verse 38, He that believeth on me... As the scripture hath said, there's the water of the word. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And John 7 and verse 39 tells us what the Lord Jesus was speaking of. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit. That's the new birth. That's the second birth. When we hear the, the, the word of God, the message of the gospel, and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is born in our hearts by his spirit, we are, as Peter says in 1 Peter 1.23, born again, not of corruptible seed. That's our first birth, our first birth of flesh but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That's our birth by the Spirit. That's our second birth. And if we're born twice, we're only going to die once. But if we are only born once, then we're going to die twice. You know, I was thinking... We sing this very message every time we sing happy birthday to somebody in this church. We wish them happy birthday on the first verse for their physical birth, to recognize the day that they were born into this world. But then we sing another verse, and that is only one birth will not do. Born again means salvation. How many have you? That is the question of all eternity. You'll never be asked a more important one. How many birthdays do you have? Only one will not do. Because if you only have one birth, then you're going to die twice. 
But if you're born again, then you have two birthdays. And you'll only die once as God appointed. It is appointed unto man once to die. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many birthdays do you have this morning? I think that is at least one of the messages that we see in Israel's words. Let's go back to to Genesis chapter 49, if you will. Think about his words. Israel says, I am to be gathered unto my people. Those words are a statement of faith. Statement of faith. And Israel can make this statement because he's been born twice. He was born the first time to Isaac and Rebekah. And he was born the second time. We read about it in Genesis chapter 32. We spent a good deal of time talking about those verses in Genesis chapter 32. This is where Jacob was born the second time. When he wrestled with God. When he wrestled with God and in desperation... He cried out to the Lord and said, I will not bless, let thee go except thou bless me. And the blessing of salvation came when he owned himself for who he was and what he was. You remember the Lord asked him, what is thy name? What's your name? He told him, my name is Jacob. We talked about how the name Jacob means supplanter. It means deceiver. When Jacob owned who he was, when Jacob owned the condition of his heart, we have a heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. When Jacob owned who he was and what he was, when he took his place as a sinner before God, he was born again. He had a new birth with a new name. God said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God. The power of God unto salvation. Jacob was born twice. And so he was only going to die once. And I think that's reflected in his words here in verse 29. I am to be gathered unto my people. It's not the first time that we find these words in the Bible. We find them in Genesis 25 and verse 8. Where we read about the death of Abraham. We read that Abraham gave up the ghost. That he died in a good old age. An old man and full of years. And then we read this, and was gathered to his people. The order is death, the death of the physical body, and then at the moment of death, there is the gathering of Abraham to his people. And then the body is buried. I believe that for the Old Testament believer, this term 
gathered to his people is uh, very similar to what we read in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8 where the apostle Paul said, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, we understand that these Old Testament saints did not go into the presence of the Lord. They went to paradise. They couldn't go directly into the presence of the Lord because their sins were only covered. They were only covered by the sacrifices of the bulls and the goats that were offered. And Paul tells us in Hebrews 10 and verse 4, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. But then we come to the New Testament. And, and, and the Apostle John tells us the only one whose blood can take away sin. He tells us in John 1 and verse 29 how John the Baptist saw the Lord Jesus Christ coming. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. All of the Old Testament sacrifices or leading up and pointing to this moment in time, the fullness of the time, when God sent forth his Son, the Lamb of God, which taketh away, taketh away the sin of the world. The sin of the Old Testament saints was covered by the blood of bulls and goats, and when they died, they went to paradise. But when the Lord Jesus shed his blood on the cross when he offered the one sacrifice for sins forever, then the sins of these Old Testament saints were no longer covered. They were gone. That's why the Lord Jesus told the thief on the cross, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And the Lord Jesus went there. Paul talks about it in, in Ephesians chapter 4 where he talks about the Lord Jesus descending into the lower parts of the earth. That's where paradise was. The torment side was there as well. And the Lord descended there. And Paul tells us that when the Lord Jesus ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. These Old Testament saints who were there and could not go into the presence of God because their sins were just covered. But now because the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, has shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary, and because the sins of these Old Testament saints were taken away, he led them into the presence of God. Where they are, right at this moment. And what we want to see is that these words of Jacob are a statement of faith. They're, they're a statement of confidence. This, this statement of Jacob, I'm to be gathered unto my people, is as much a statement of confidence is, is what Paul said. We mentioned it a minute ago in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. Absent from the body for the believer, present with the Lord. Jacob says, I'm going to be gathered unto my people. He says that as a certainty. He says it as an accomplished fact. And there's a reason. It's because the death of the Son of God was an accomplished fact. The Lord Jesus is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
His death was foretold to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Where God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. In that verse, as we've talked so many times over the years, is the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. There in that verse is his death, the death that he would die. His heel would be bruised as he was crucified. And there in that verse is what the death of the Lord Jesus would accomplish. He would bruise the head of the serpent through death. The seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, would destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And then the death of the Lord Jesus was demonstrated to Adam and Eve. He made them coats of skins and he clothed them. He shed the blood of a lamb, I believe, to teach them about the time, the fullness of the time. When God would send forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. The time when the Lamb of God would come and take away their sin. And when Adam and Eve believed the message, when they believed the gospel, God clothed them and they lived. The penalty of sin was death. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. They deserved death. They deserved eternal separation from God. But because of the coming lamb, the coming lamb who would shed his blood, if they laid down their rebellion, if they turned from their sin, if they turned from their fig leaves, the fig leaves of their own works and the fig leaves of their own righteousness that they were clothed with. And they took their place as sinners and believed by faith the message of the gospel. They would be born again. God would clothe them and give them life. And they would die only once. And they would be gathered to their people. That is the source of the confidence in Jacob's words. His hope, as we sing one of the great songs of the faith, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. See, the only difference between Jacob saying, I am to be gathered unto my people, and our saying, this morning, if we know the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. The only difference is our position to the cross. Jacob looked forward to the cross and believed the message. You and I look back to the cross and believe the message. And so these are words of confidence. Jacob doesn't say, I think. Boys, I think I'm going to be gathered to my people. I hope, maybe, he says, I am to be gathered unto my people. Can you say that this morning? Can you say with confidence that if today was to be your last day on earth, and it could be, we do not know what a day may bring forth. Can you say with confidence, 
to be absent from the body for me would be, pre- would be to be present with the Lord. I am to be gathered unto my people. You can say that today. You can have the full assurance of faith today. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. You can have the full assurance of hope. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You can have the full assurance of understanding. We know that the Son of God has come. And hath given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And eternal life. Right where you are today. You can be confident. You can have the full assurance of faith and hope and understanding. If you're willing to do what Jacob did. There in Genesis chapter 32. If you're willing to own yourself as a sinner. As you're wi- if you're willing to claim your name, Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him to be your Savior, he'll give you a new name. He'll give you a new birth. And you'll only die once. But if you refuse to do that, if you neglect so great salvation then you will die twice. You'll die physically and you'll die spiritually. You'll experience the second death. And because your name will not be found in the book of life, you'll be cast into the lake of fire. And I'll tell you something that's interesting. These words, I am to be gathered unto my people would just as certainly apply to you. Because if you continue on in your own way and doing your own will, then you will be gathered to your people. And who are your people? Well, the Lord Jesus tells us in John chapter 8 and verse 44 that we are of our father, the devil. He's the spiritual father of every person that's ever been born into this world. But that's not all of your people. Job 41 and verse 34 tells us that he, the devil, is a king over all the children of pride. The devil and his angels and all the children of pride, those are your people. That's who you'll be gathered to if you're only born once. We read in the book of Revelation that the smoke of your torment will ascend up forever and ever. It doesn't have to be that way. This morning, if you're lost, you need to stop waiting for a convenient season. That's what Felix told Paul. Is Paul reasoned with him concerning the gospel. The Bible says Felix trembled at that message. Trembling won't save you. He looked at Paul and he told him, go thy way. When I have a convenient season, I'll call you. There's no record in the word of God that a convenient season ever came 
in the life of Felix. That's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. That's why the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And he'll save you. And you'll be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And you'll have the wonderful peace and confidence that you'll only die once. And when that day comes, to be absent from the body will be to be present with the Lord. You can say with Israel, I am to be gathered unto my people. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask you to take your word this morning and use it as only you can. To use it in the hearts of each person here that we might examine ourselves before you. How many birthdays do we have? Have we been born twice? Have we been born again? We thank you for the simplicity of the message of the gospel. That God so loved the world. It's the message that the Lord Jesus gave to Nicodemus. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Father if we know you today. We pray that we would live in the light of being gathered to you. What a blessing that is. And we pray that we would live in a way that when we do, when we are gathered unto you, that we won't be ashamed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.